The Shane train of recruiting momentum continues to roll for the South Carolina Gamecocks for the 2023 recruiting cycle, getting not one, not two, not three, but four commitments this past weekend. I'll be discussing the last two and more today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I am your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. Happy first day of August, everybody. And as of today's show, we are 33 days away from a Carolina kickoff under the lights in Williams-Brice for September 3rd against the Georgia State Panthers. But again, that's a little ways down the line for today's show. Got a lot of exciting recruiting news to talk about with all of y'all for the most part. Going to be talking about the commitment of three-star offensive lineman Jatavia Shivers announcing his commitment mid-afternoon yesterday. Plus, the Gamecocks did receive, unfortunately, their first decommitment for the 2023 cycle from a three-star safety out of Florida. And also, I'll discuss at the very end of the show what the recruiting board sort of looks like currently now with all of these commitments and the subsequent decommitment from yesterday. But first, I do need to talk about the biggest fish that South Carolina got Sunday afternoon as four-star interior offensive lineman Marquis Anderson has decided to stay home and announced his commitment to South Carolina. Definitely through one of the most unorthodox methods I've ever seen for a prospect announcing a commitment, but hey, I, I love it. Being a former lineman myself in my high school playing days, he used a plate of pancakes with four different bottles of maple syrup with all four of his finalists, the finalists being Clemson, LSU, North Carolina, South Carolina, picking out the South Carolina bottle, then pouring the syrup on the pancakes. And of course, if the pancakes are being made for an offensive lineman, you got to eat those pancakes. You're not going to let those bad boys get cold. And so that was how Marquis announced his decision yesterday. And it, this was a big get for South Carolina. Why was that the case? Well, first and foremost, the priority, the position for this current recruiting class. The Gamecocks, as of this moment, have six senior offensive linemen on the roster heading into the 2022 football season. So because of that, offensive line has been a priority for this staff in this current recruiting cycle. With the pledge of Marquis Anderson, the Gamecocks now have four offensive line commits, with Anderson now being paired up with Trevon Baugh out of Georgia, Juco offensive tackle Isaiah Yada out of Snow College over in the western U.S., and Jatavius Shivers out of Georgia, who of course I'll be discussing more in the second segment of today's show. Another reason why this was a big commitment for the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks are now starting to build up a border around the state once again. South Carolina got four-star edge defender Montague Roms II from Sumter, South Carolina back on Saturday. And with Marquis now being in the fall, the Gamecocks landed two four-star in-state prospects this weekend. Fighting off North Carolina for Marquis Anderson and North Carolina State, for Montague Roms, if you had to give a second place team in that recruiting battle, although the Gamecocks won that one fairly easily, uh, to be quite honest with all of y'all. And the biggest reason, in my opinion, maybe along with the position priority, the Gamecocks got a prospect 
from the Clemson Tigers' backyard. While the University of South Carolina is around 75 miles away from Gorman High School in Roebuck, South Carolina, Clemson University is quite literally a stone's throw away compared to South Carolina's. They're only 15 minutes away from Dorman High School. And because of this, South Carolina's had a much tougher time trying to get prospects from Dorman because of Clemson's close proximity to them. Clemson has had the advantage of proximity to the school for several years, and they've utilized it fairly well. South Carolina hasn't signed a Dorman High School football prospect since 2005, 17 years ago, which was two-star athlete Michael Belcher. Clemson, in this same time frame, has landed five prospects from Dorman High School, including guys like current offensive lineman Jordan McFadden, looks to be an NFL offensive lineman in the next draft. Wide receiver Sharon Peake, who was a big player for Clemson early on in Dabo's tenure. Wide receiver Adam Humphreys, who's had a few years in the NFL. And offensive lineman Brandon Thomas, back in like the 2009 recruiting class. So to bottom line, in getting a guy of Anderson's caliber in Clemson's backyard without really having that big of a challenge from the Clemson Tigers, and that's not because the Clemson Tigers didn't want him. Clemson offered him and was in big pursuit of him. But I think they just got to a point where they realized that Marquis liked South Carolina a lot more than they were liking what they had to offer, and they kind of moved on to some other targets subsequently. So this is a big deal and a huge credit, by the way, to Shane Beamer and this entire coaching staff, and is a great sign of the future of in-state recruiting for the Gamecocks to win a recruiting battle like Marquis Anderson's. So moving on to Marquis Anderson, the prospect. How good of a prospect is he? Well, Marquis Anderson's rated a four-star recruit and the second-best prospect in the state of South Carolina and the 136th-best player in the country, according to his 24-7 sports composite rankings. And there were also some big-time programs who were in the fold here as well. Teams that offered him, like LSU, Clemson, North Carolina, Arkansas, and many others as well. Now, when looking at some of the film notes for Marquis Anderson from his junior season at Dorman High School, which is at the 5A level for South Carolina high school football, what I saw was Marquis Anderson can play both on the edge at the tackle position and on the interior. He kind of got moved around all over the place for Dorman High School this past year. He is a guy that always plays through the whistle, and he always is looking to make defenders just look bad, to be honest. And this is a, a reoccurring theme that we have seen with a lot of these offensive linemen that South Carolina has been going after and subsequently a lot of the commits they have been getting, which tells y'all that Greg Atkins, the offensive line coach for South Carolina, is looking for guys who carry a certain mentality during a football game. And Marquis Anderson just continues that trend here. He has a violent open hand punch. When Marquis Anderson runs up to a defender, he can get ahead of steam and is able to put his hands up and just launch his hands out right at the defender's chest. Marquis, a lot of times, especially against maybe some of these smaller schools, maybe in non-region play that Dorman played, he would hit a defender and automatically just knock them flat on their back without even really having to do a whole lot else. He also does a great job of getting his hands at the top of the numbers of defenders, kind of right in here in the peck area, and not letting go. He was great with this in pretty much all of the run blocking clips that I saw. He also knows how to get into a stance with either his hand in the dirt or two-point stance, basically standing straight up, especially if he was at the tackle position. And I only bring this up just to tell y'all that 
This is very important when he moves on to college ball because if Mark Anderson, let's say, only knew how to block from one particular stance, it would hold him back a little bit, at least at the very beginning of his college playing career. But because he can put his hand in the dirt and also block standing straight up, this is going to give him a little bit of a leg up maybe compared to a couple of the other guys that South Carolina has right now and could potentially get later on in this cycle. And he also showed some really solid quickness for an offensive lineman when he was working his way up the field, maybe on a down block where basically he forgets a defensive end and just goes straight for a linebacker at the second level. And he also showcased this quickness at times, maybe not as consistently on pull blocks as well. Now, in just a couple moments, I'll discuss maybe some of my expectations that I would have for Marquis Anderson heading into year one at South Carolina should he stick with his commitment long term. But before I get into all of that, I do need to let y'all know that as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the people you want to interview faster and free of charge. Myself being a recent college graduate, I've been able to stay in touch and create a network with many people who are alumni of the University of South Carolina. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both your own personal network and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps you find the right people that fit the job description to a T. Using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, so to cap off my discussion on Marquis Anderson and his commitment, what are the expectations for Marquis Anderson heading into his freshman year? Well, based on his film and the skill set that he showcased, Marquis to me looks like a shoe-in to be an interior guard or potentially a right tackle. But if I had to pick a position specifically at this moment in time, I would probably say right guard. Anderson has a powerful punch to go along with his violent hands in the run game. And he also has a nasty streak to him and the ability to get uphill in a hurry, which will make him a versatile lineman who could play multiple positions at the next level, especially after he gets a couple of years to develop both on and off the field. Based on the current roster makeup, I think he could definitely be second string and maybe even have a chance to compete for a starting spot. Although I will say this, we do need to be careful about putting the expectation on him to be a starter as a freshman. It is very difficult in college football, no matter which offensive line prospect you talk about, for an offensive lineman to come right into a program and then be a starter right out the gate. Most offensive linemen, they need to reshape their bodies a little bit. They haven't been going up against guys who are as strong and as fast as the players they'll play at the collegiate level, especially in the SEC. Massive discrepancy between all the other conferences, at least for the most part. And as I mentioned in the ROMS commitment video, it could all depend on his arrival time and the amount of on-field and off-field development he gets before the 2023 season. So if he ends up coming in January, that's great. He can come through spring practice. He can understand what Luke Day's college strength conditioning program is like, have a chance to maybe, you know, drop some of the baby fat and maybe add some muscle. And 
Therefore, get himself a little bit more primed up and ready for the 2023 season. But if he arrives in, say, June or July, he's not going to have that much time. And in that case, it's going to be hard to see him maybe starting right out the gate. So either way, long term, Mark Anderson, I think, could be a really solid starter up front for South Carolina. And I definitely could see him being a multi-year starter in the SEC. But I do warn against putting too much expectation on him heading into year one. Now, moving on from Marquis Anderson, let's talk about Jatavia Shivers real quick. Jatavia Shivers, of course, decided to join the party this weekend as he announced his commitment a little bit after lunchtime with the following message. And for those listening on audio podcasts, I'll read it out loud real quick. All glory to God that I'm in a position to be able to make a life-changing decision for the better of my family. First, I want to thank God for giving me the athleticism and ability to play the sport that I love. I want to thank my parents for riding this wave with me, for standing by me and supporting everything I do. All the time on the road, all the effort you put into my dream of playing college football, I can't thank you enough. All the prayers and the love they have shown is unmatched. To my coaches, thank you for pushing me on and off the field and believing in me. To every college coach that has recruited me, thank you for being willing to take a chance and pouring into me. This recruiting process has been a roller coaster that I will forever be grateful for. To all the kids behind me looking to be recruited, I say to you, follow your heart, believe in your craft, and work your butt off. Nothing comes easy in this process, and you have to earn what you think you deserve. With that being said, I'll be taking my talents to play football for the best conference in the country, the SEC, at the University of South Carolina. Now, Shivers as a prospect is a guy that has really been discovered by a lot of Power 5 programs this offseason. To give you an idea of just how much of a jump he has had in interest. Since January 29th of this year, Shivers has been offered by the following programs. Vanderbilt, Iowa State, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Cincinnati, Michigan, and even just two days ago, he received an Auburn offer on an unofficial visit to Auburn. Now, South Carolina offered Shivers back on May 2nd, and he has come from three unofficial visits since then, which is two more than any other program on his list during this same time period. And he happened to be here for the cookout this past Friday, which, looking back now, must have been in order to get to know some of the other commitments who were there a little bit better. So, how good of a prospect could Jatavia Shivers be? Well, it goes without saying that Jatavia Shivers definitely has the frame to be an offensive lineman. Being listed at six foot seven, 290 pounds, according to his 24-7 sports profile. Now, he's rated a three-star in the 80th best offensive tackle in the country, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. But based on his offer list, however, I wouldn't let the rankings take as much weight here because it's pretty clear from a lot of these programs that have offered Shivers that Shivers has a lot of potential. Now, when looking at some of the film for Shivers this past year, admittedly, the film was a little bit more sparse than Marquis, and apparently he was a part of a Villa Rica High School offense that... Although they were a spread offense, they ran the ball a lot. So that's probably why there wasn't as much film, because otherwise it would have been almost all run blocking. But Shivers, like a lot of these other commits for South Carolina, is another guy that when there is run blocking involved in a play, he continues to drive his feet, and he has great hand placement on opposing linemen one-on-one. He also plays with a mean streak. Again, it sounds like a broken record at this point, but all these offensive line commits, they all have a nasty mentality when they're on the football field. And Shivers is no different from all the other guys. And he does run very well for a guy his size, even on pull blocks. So what should the expectations be for Jatavius Shivers in year one? Now, 
Shivers is someone I believe that the Gamecocks may have to fight to hold on to. As I mentioned, Auburn just offered two days ago. He's been offered by programs like Ole Miss, Mississippi State. He was committed to Vanderbilt at one point this summer. Michigan has shown interest in him. And I highly doubt, especially as the especially as this recruiting season wears on, and maybe some of these other schools, they continue to miss out maybe on certain prospects. Who's to say that they won't continue to go after Shivers? So this one, in my opinion, might be a little bit of a fight to the very end. But if he does remain committed to South Carolina and comes to Columbia, Shivers is someone that looks like an easy slide-in candidate at right tackle. And if it were to play out this way, then Shivers would potentially have to battle with Isaiah Yada for the backup spot because, of course, Tyshawn Wanamaker is expected to probably be the starting right tackle this next year considering all the experience he's gotten after, of course, Dylan Wonham probably leaves the program after 2022. And, of course, this would be a good problem to have with Shiras and Yada both making each other better through competition in practice. Now, admittedly, I see Shivers being a redshirt candidate in 2023 where he can get adjusted to a college strength and conditioning program and work on his pass blocking a little bit, especially since his high school offense doesn't seem to really call a lot of passing plays, which can definitely hurt his development a little bit at that level and would make him a little bit more of a project in terms of technique. But, again, that's something that can be corrected and fixed in his first couple years here. Either way, I think this is a solid gift for South Carolina. I think Shivers is a very underrated prospect, again, especially based on the offer list that he has. And I think that he's just a solid addition to an offensive line class that just continues to really grow for South Carolina in this current cycle. And again, might not be done yet. Now, in just a couple moments, I will have to talk about something that was a bit of a downer to end the weekend, as South Carolina did lose three-star safety Karen Upshaw Jr. on the commitment list, at least as of right now. But I will also talk to you all about how Upshaw might still end up a member of South Carolina's recruiting class. And of course, you could potentially say that about any prospect that just decommitted from a school that he was committed for a few months. But... With Upshaw, he actually gave some in-depth explanation to Phil Cornblatt of Sports Talking Media Network in an article interview that he did with him. And I'll give you all some insight into all of that in just a moment after a message from our friends over at BetOnline. Now, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. You'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including college football and NFL futures. We're so close to football season. Regular season Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fine news from MMA and UFC, all the way to boxing. BetOnline acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. So be sure to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, now let's talk about the Karen Upshaw decommitment real quick, and then I'll talk about sort of the resetting of South Carolina's current recruiting board for the 2023 cycle. All right, so with the Karen Upshaw Jr. decommitment, Upshaw did post this message to Twitter early Sunday morning. Again, I'll read it out loud for those of you who may be listening to this on audio podcast, saying, quote, First, I would like to start by thanking God for blessing me with many opportunities to play the sport I love at the next level. Without him, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in today. Secondly, I would like to thank Coach Beamer and the entire Gamecock country for allowing me to be a part of such a great program and welcoming me with open arms. I thank everyone a part of Gamecock family for the support thus far. Lastly, after many conversations with family, friends, and mentors, I've decided to decommit from the University of South Carolina. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I look forward to doing things the right way. Cameron Upshaw Jr. to end it. So, 
Cameron Upshaw from this quote, obviously thanking South Carolina fans, and did kind of make it sound like that, you know, he was not going to have any plans to recommit, at least based off the verbiage in the message. But in an article that was written by Sports Talk Media Network's Phil Kornblatt, where he did a little interview and direct messaging with Cameron Upshaw, he asked Cameron Upshaw why was it that he decommitted from South Carolina. And Upshaw admitted, quote, South Carolina is still an option. And as of right now, I don't have any other schools talking to me. I just want to commit how I originally planned to. Commit during a big home game pep rally, probably the second or third home game. He was then asked by Phil Cornblatt if he might announce again for South Carolina. Upshaw responded, more than likely. And are the Gamecock coaches on board with this? Saying, quote, oh yeah, for sure. So it seems like this was something that Upshaw did give a heads up to the South Carolina coaching staff, which is very nice of Upshaw. And, of course, because of that, I'm sure the coaches had no issue reciprocating this. And from the sounds of it, it just seems like that Upshaw maybe didn't feel like he got to have his day in the sun. Maybe he didn't feel like he could have a big celebration like some of these other guys have had recently. Of course, Montague Rams with his family and just their own personal time on Saturday night. And then Marky Anderson with his commitment at his church just yesterday. And so... I can understand completely where Cameron Upshaw is coming from on all of this, and I would hope that all of Gamecock Nation would understand that as well. Now, he, of course, was pursued heavily by Florida State and some other schools earlier in this process, and there was even a Florida guy on Twitter that said something like Cameron Upshaw had attended their cookout event on Friday, which was then quote-tweeted by Phil Cornblatt, funny enough, and he said, uh, yeah, Cameron Upshaw told me that he was not there at that cookout event, so nice try on that, but... um, you know, Cameron Upshaw, without a doubt, with him now decommitting, he is probably going to get quartered by some of these Florida schools, especially. He has been viewed as a diamond in the rough. The rankings might not back that up, but Upshaw has a lot of upside. Some pun intended in that, potentially. But the point being, I would not say that this decommitment is a serious cause for concern at this moment in time. And again, from the sounds of it, it just seems like the Upshaw wants to be able to have a big ceremony in order to celebrate such a big moment in his young life. Let's talk about resetting the recruiting board, because some of you with all these commitments and then the decommitment of Cameron Upshaw yesterday are probably sitting there and wondering to yourselves, wow, we've had a lot of prospects come off the board or maybe gone back onto the board subsequently. So, uh, who are the targets now that we need to be looking for? Well, Oluwatsi Simbabwe, a four-star offensive tackle out of DeMatha Catholic School in Hyattsville, Maryland, and four-star wide receiver Carmela Taylor out of Roanoke, Virginia, would be the two starting points. Both of these guys were originally scheduled to announce their commitment this past weekend. Both of them actually yesterday, but they both decided to push back their commitment date for maybe you know their own reasons, whether that be personal, maybe they want to have more people attend, or maybe they just want to take some more time to make sure that they have made the right decision. I will admit, both of these guys heading into their announcements seemed like they were going to be South Carolina commits. Now, I will say, again, just kind of like I mentioned with the decommitment situation with Cameron Upshaw, I would not freak out about this. Again, stuff happens sometimes. And, you know, again, Players these days, in my opinion, you know, not to say players of old generations aren't weren't maybe as mature, but with everything that these players now have to deal with, with NIL and the transfer portal, these guys, I think, are really just trying to make sure they make the best business decision for themselves, making sure they're going to the right school. So I don't I think that that might be more of the reason why both these guys decide, you know, I want to take a little bit more time before maybe even my high school team starts their football season, which is again completely understandable. 
But either way, those are two prospects to watch in the coming weeks. Juco offensive tackle Elijah Philippe. He was a guy that visited officially late last week, starting Thursday, and I believe ending late Friday night or early Saturday morning. He could be a potential player to watch going forward. On the defensive side of the ball, four-star defensive lineman Xavier McLeod, Camden High School standout from Camden, South Carolina, that I have not talked about as much lately. Xavier has, in, an, in essence, gone on a tour of a lot of these colleges, maybe from the Midwest and in the Northeast, colleges that he was maybe interested in, but he hasn't really had the time to go visit. He's visited schools like LSU, Texas A&M, Michigan, and many others as well. I think he may visit South Carolina late last week and also Georgia thereafter. So Xavier McLeod, he could end up maybe getting close to a decision very soon. And I mean, he's taken a lot of time. He's taken probably all the visits that he needs to take. So I wouldn't be surprised if he announces a commitment fairly soon as well. Juco defensive lineman Elijah Davis, another guy I haven't talked about as much. But listen, out of East Mississippi Community College and originally from Wagner Sally, South Carolina, Elijah Davis is a prospect that has gotten a lot of attention from a lot of different schools. Schools like South Carolina. Alabama has been pushing real hard here trying to get Davis. And, of course, Ole Miss and some others as well. But the home state school, I think at this moment in time, has taken the lead for Elijah Davis. And on three's recruiting prediction machine agrees with that as well. So this could be a prospect to keep an eye on moving forward. And he would be a big get for South Carolina, one that maybe would fly under the radar a little bit since he's a JUCO guy. And of course, again, with the transfer portal these days, JUCO guys, they they just don't get as many headlines as maybe they once did. Three-star safety, Cameron Upshaw Jr. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be too worried about this at this current time. I think that based on his comments, this could just be something where just because of logistics and what he wants to maybe have for a ceremony, this could just end up being delayed a little bit longer. Five-star athlete Nicholas Harbour. Nicholas Harbour visited for the Gamecocks cookout event this past Friday, posted a lot of pictures on Instagram and also on Twitter, and seemed to have a pretty good time with a photo shoot and everything included. So I think the Gamecocks long-term could be in the game for Nicholas Harbour. He is one to keep an eye on from this moment on. Three-star athlete Vicari Swan. He has seemingly been close to committing to South Carolina maybe a couple of times and has enjoyed all of his visits to South Carolina, but he has not made any official announcement plans or committed anywhere yet. Vicari Swan, I think, would still be a guy that the Gamecocks would take at this point, though, if he wanted to be a part of the 2023 recruiting class. So with that being said, those are all the guys to keep an eye on moving forward, and that is sort of South Carolina's recruiting board in terms of maybe mutual interest between both the coaching staff and the prospects as well. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for me on today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on this big recruiting weekend the Gamecocks had? Who are you the most excited about of all the prospects the Gamecocks got? Or are you like me and excited about all of them? How big of a recruiting victory do you think it is to get Marquis Anderson over North Carolina and also getting him out of Clemson's backyard? Jatavia Shivers, you think he's going to be an underrated diamond in the rough player for the Gamecocks if he sticks with us? I want to hear your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're listening to this on audio podcast apps, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a line underscore SC, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then make Lockdown SEC your second listen every day where host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in just 
30 minutes. Again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great Monday, great first day of August, and a great start to the work week. I'll catch you on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.